Looking to live stronger, longer, and better? Then welcome to Health by Design, hosted by leading healthy living expert and wellness architect, Roar Alexander. After years of traveling and studying around the world, Roar combines his decades of Western health and fitness knowledge with the many time-driven traditions and secrets of the ancient East to bring you only the best in cutting-edge information and special guest interviews that will have you feeling great, losing weight, and finally grabbing a hold of everything you want out of life. So if you're ready to take control of your body, health, and mind, then it's time for Health by Design. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Health by Design. I am your host, Roar Alexander, wellness architect and healthy living expert. And today I have a really fun show coming up for you because this show is about something that is 100% mine, 100% something that I've developed, that I've created. I can say I've even like freaking trademarked the thing. And we are talking about functional feng shui. So that's going to be an exciting one, but we're going to get to that in a few minutes. Now, if you are listening to this, this is part of kind of part of my new year resolution um, kind of triad of podcasts here. I did one recently on designing, you know, environments to better your success uh, for a better new year. And then before that, I actually talked about a uh, podcast was called your last, I believe it's called your last or your final effing weight loss resolution, something like that. So make sure you go back and listen to those before you just jump straight into this one. But this is going to be a really fun one. But I did touch on um, parts of this in the other episodes, but this is going to go much deeper into certain areas. What I'm going to talk about is uh, basically like, well, we're going to be talking about what is functional feng shui and uh, how my system is that I work with my clients when I have them uh, bring in some functional feng shui into their life. And I'll talk about is it even feng shui or not. But before we get to that, I do want to say uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'll have some new episodes coming up. One is going to be my top travel tips. I just got confirmation actually today that uh, my course in the Philippines is a go. I've had people register for it, so that should be a lot of fun. Providing there's no changes or no emergencies or anything, that we should all be good to go. So I'm looking forward to that. There's a little bit more work that I got to do to get a few more people into that. Um, for those of you that don't know, I actually do go around the world quite often um, with my Thrive Academy. And I deliver courses on fitness and health. I'll do workshops sometimes for the public. Uh, but a lot of my stuff is actually for fitness professionals, people who are trainers and people who want to be trainers. So the one that I have coming up is uh, my Performance Conditioning and Strength Specialist course, or PCSS, which is basically a combination of my 20-plus years of working with fitness clients, whether working with just regular folks or working with some of the world's top um, you know, MMA or Muay Thai athletes. So really fun course. You know, I've worked I've worked in every kind of gyms from your typical, you know, large big box, you know, LA fitnesses and in Canada here, Good Life, uh, right up into CrossFit. So I've taught CrossFit um, in about oh, geez, at least six countries now. Um, you know, MMA conditioning, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, the fitness stuff I do find a lot of fun, but. I was for a while. I'm teaching courses that I wasn't super, super stoked about, but that's just the that's just the way things are. But this PCSS one is one that uh, was really close to me, and I've actually been working on it for about nine years. It's almost nine or ten years of total knowledge that I've packed into this two day course. So it's a lot of fun. So if you are a fitness professional and you're looking to kind of up your game and you want to get into some more advanced sort of training, talking about um 
how to make better cooldowns, better warm-ups, better programming, uh, master some of those bigger lifts, and just get really kind of a little bit deeper into a lot of the, the, the great stuff when it comes to fitness. Make sure you go and check that out. That is thrivefitacademy.com. So I've, like I said, I'll be heading there soon. So I am going to be doing a podcast on my travel prep because um, one of the things, like I said, is that one of my resolutions, by the way, is to not say um. So I just heard that me saying um there. So one of my resolutions for this year is to really make sure I don't say um in podcast. But the traveling is a resolution that I find a lot more interesting than weight loss. So if you're one of those people and weight loss is another uh, resolution for you again this year, then let's make it the last year. All right. And then listen to my make travel better for 2020 so in 2021 you can get out there and you can say hey you know what roar i'm gonna travel i talked about my last podcast i've brought three i've got i've inspired three people now to go and travel just last week one of the guys at the job i work with on sunday said you know what after talking to you and telling me everything you know i packed up i'm heading off to thailand for one month uh one of these another girl i met said oh, i want to just be a yoga teacher but it's so expensive i can't afford it told her all the details next thing i know one week later less than i think four days later she's like i've booked a trip i'm off to india for one month to go learn and of course you know i've talked about bringing over my other friend into thailand who's there now with a very successful gym so that's what i do i make people's travel dreams come true uh because the thing is nowadays guys it's a lot less expensive to travel than you may think. In fact, my last trip to Thailand return in the Canadian peso was literally $588 taxes in return. For you Americans listening, that is probably about $460 return trip from Vancouver, Canada to Bangkok, Thailand and back again. And I added in um, you know, the flights to the Philippines and India. I think I did the whole thing probably coming in at under $1,200, yeah, definitely under $1,200 Canadian, so about 1000 bucks US, that got me to Thailand, the Philippines, and India. So lots of, uh, it's going to be a fun, exciting episode, I'm going to be talking about what I do to make jet lag my bitch, I've defeated jet lag, I'm proud to say. Uh, took me a while, took me lots of work, but I've got jet lag done, um, not, I'm not, you know, not going to lie and say, you know, I don't come back and I feel perfect. But compared to most people, people are like, wow, like you literally got back from Asia two days ago or one day ago or whatever. Like, it's crazy. Like, you do not look tired. Like, I, you know, yeah, around seven o'clock, I'll start feeling a little more tired than I normally do. But my jet lag, so I'll be going over my jet lag protocol. I'm going to be going over my supplements. I'm going to be going over how I pack. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So if one of your resolutions is not weight loss and it's traveling more and following your passion of following your dreams, then, and those involve world travel, then that is definitely one you're going to want to listen to. Also, of course, I have my podcast coming up with Dr. Leonardo Trasande, Sicker, Fatter, Poor. That is a podcast that's going to be coming up soon. And uh, the reason I have that in my notes is because we actually talk about that when it comes to functional feng shui, not that book in particular, but what that book represents. So let's get on to it. Uh, I don't want to waste a lot of your time. This I'm trying to keep these podcasts to under an hour for sure, and I'd like to get them closer to 40 minutes. So Let's give it a shot and see what we can do. So functional feng shui. This is something that I can say is 100% mine. Now, my interest in feng shui, uh, vastu, sort of the environmental wellness sciences of architecture started a long time ago. A lot of people I don't know that I went to McMaster University taking health sciences and my major was psychology. So I've always been really interested in um, psychology and how it 
how our you know environments and our habits really do control us and shape us. And it was funny because when I first started training, a lot of people did not. They were like everybody just when I first started training years ago. This is like twenty years ago. Or so people were always surprised when I said psychology was my major because they always thought it was kinesiology or you know something like to do with more physical side. And I said, you know what? Honestly, the psychology side has a lot more to do with success than the kinesiology side. Sorry to tell you that, but it is very true. Psychology is probably the most important tool when it comes to losing weight, feeling great, and as I say, living stronger, longer, and better. And that is what really made me resonate with feng shui. Now, like a lot of you, at the beginning, uh, I was looking at feng shui, and, you know, you were kind of looking at it and you're like, oh, you hang mirrors here and you hang crystals there to, you know, to, to, to cure things. It just seemed very, very strange, kind of very superstitious Chinese. But that's not really what it is. So arguably, the first environmental science was called Vastu Shastra, which is a traditional Indian architectural system, which literally translate to the sciences of architecture. This is a part of the Ayurvedic sciences, right? The sciences of life. So we've all heard about, uh, you know, Ayurveda, which is the, you know, the Ayurveda, it's the herbs and the medicine and all that sort of, the, the more medical side of it. We've all heard of yoga, you know, meditations in there. Um, but then a lot of people have not heard of Vastu Shastra. And uh, if you listen to my podcast where I interviewed Dr. Talavan Krishna, uh, who's an Ayurvedic specialist from India, we talked quite a bit about Vastu Shastra and that. So from there, uh, you know, actually Vastu, I learned about second. But so Vastu, but historically, Vastu Shastra came first. And then, like many things, it was brought up through India, such as yoga, meditation, all that was brought up through India into the Asias. And the Chinese grabbed a hold of it, and obviously they kind of changed it around, and there's some slight differences um, when it comes to like their, the use of their elements and stuff. But they developed the philosophy of feng shui, which is a practice of looking at our built environments and how to live in harmony with the principles of the natural world. Uh, you could also think it's kind of considered a reflection of the human mind as well. So really, really important stuff when it comes to what they said is, okay, we're going to look at the natural environment of people and we're going to try to come up with a system that brings out wellness, brings out health, brings out, you know, what they call prosperity or success. So they started putting this system together. So a lot of people, even if you don't believe in these, you know, in the philosophies of, say, Vastu or Feng Shui, countless and countless studies have shown us that the organization of a person's personal environment can have a substantial impact on their health and quality of life. The fact is that these sciences, what I call science art, so think of it more as like science art. They are art sciences, I guess. Science art. We'll stick with science arts. They involve aspects of psychology, natural sciences, social sciences, evolutionary psychology, functional health, uh, circadian sciences, and then, of course, personal preference. And there can be, in some cases, some religious or, you know, some superstition overtones involved. However, my point of view is that these sciences are very useful philosophies and they supply us with a lot of tools to start to improve our personal health and dramatically empower our personal spaces, be it your home, your car, or your work. So what that I did do is, you know, um, 
I've done at least two podcasts now on Feng Shui, and I'm not going to go back and look at the names again. Uh, Terry Chow is one. I, I can't go back and go over every single one because I have to keep pausing and going back to see everybody's names and the titles. But I've done at least two podcasts on Feng Shui. Uh, I did a feng shui tour on my YouTube when I was in Hong Kong. That was more talking about sort of the traditional styles of feng shui. But what I did is I, I like to say my functional feng shui, it's not really feng shui. It's been inspired, though, from the philosophy of feng shui with a real modern take on it. Now, that's the thing, too. There are so many adaptations of feng shui. There's the classical feng shui with the compass. There's what's called the western feng shui where they use the map. I don't even get into the maps. I don't use any of that stuff. However, I do believe that there are elements. I don't really believe that the exact spacing. So that's why I don't use a map. Because to me, it's not the spacing of where you put things. I don't think your success corner, for instance, has to be where it is on a map or on a compass. But I do think you need a success corner. You do need travel corners. And when I say quarters, I don't literally mean like in a corner. But you need these aspects reflected in your home but when we look at these philosophies that are in the thousands of years old we do have to modify them for a our western world but be based on you know health sciences and we see that a lot of these things this is a lot of things where people get confused a lot of these sciences were based in health sciences but they just use different terminology so the terminology they used was different than the words that we would use today. So that's where a lot of the problems come in. So what I did is I said, I need to come up with a system that allows people to empower their spaces, whether it be all your personal spaces, you know, really encompasses the purpose and the inspiration of feng shui and vastu. Yet at the same time, really the focus for me is on health uh, and really optimizing wellness. And for that, I use aspects of technology. I use aspects of biohacking. So I came up with my four pillars of functional feng shui or my system that I use. And I'm going to go over a little bit about what each one does and how each one works and how you can start to incorporate it into your life. Did you know that personalized medicine is the next step in the future of self-care? Except that future is now. And the first step that I have all my coaching clients start with is a DNA power genetic test. I've used DNA power personally, and I can tell you, I learned a load of information I could never have discovered without it. I got insights relating to my fitness, particularly when it comes to muscle gain and joint health, genetic nutrient issues, dietary considerations, cognitive genes, and tons more. And the best part is each variation comes with some suggestions on simple yet powerful actions you can take to improve your long-term health. DNA Power is my number one place to start, and I really suggest you consider it today, and the prices have never been more affordable. Just a few years ago, tests like this were literally in the thousands of dollars, and now they are in the hundreds. So the time has never been better to start to discover your personal genetic needs when it comes to your nutrition, fitness, and long-term overall health and well-being. Results are private, confidential, and the information is shared with nobody but you. Now, to save $100 off the Diet Power plus Fit Power Testing Combo Bundle, simply visit www.dnapower.com slash ref slash health by design. Add both the Diet Power and Fit Power Test to your cart and then use the code BUY to save 100. That is B U Y 
the number two, save 100 at checkout. You can also find the link in the show notes below. I promise you, your body and health will thank you for it. And saying that, let's get back to our show. When I go to see a client, um, the first thing we usually do is I like to talk about their personal environments because you need to have environments of success, okay? If you want to lose weight, you've got junk food in the house, it's not going to work. If you're a depressed person and you're sitting in the dark, it's not going to work, okay? We have to look at the seasons. Vancouver right now is gray, it's cloudy, people are moody. I walk in the house and you got on no lights and it's just dark or maybe your lights are just really soft. That That's not going to work for part a good chunk of the day. So there's a lot of personal aspects we have to look at seasonal aspects we have to look at but the very first thing i do is and they got to understand a lot of these are not mutually exclusive they they flow in and out of each other so it, it really is impossible to entirely separate them because they're part of one system but i am going to do my best particularly when it gets to pillars three and four they directly cross with each other it's almost impossible to separate them but i'm going to do my best so the first pillar we do and this is kind of the easiest one in a way but it can also be the hardest one in a way is organization and decluttering so we want to look at when we're talking about this we're not we, we are talking about the physical physical organization and fiddle decluttering but we can also look at digital because all of this affects your psychology which of course can affect your emotions which of course can then lead to negative physiological issues so organization like i said in one aspect this is the easiest level and another it's the hardest this pillar often requires some deeper emotional effort and can bring up a lot of feelings like guilt, anxiety, uh, maybe foolishness, uh, and definitely some reflection. Now, a lot of people can confuse this pillar when I talk about it uh, with minimalism, and, and it's not. Minimalism does have a place in this system to a point, but more importantly, it's about having things, the things that you are going to own, that bring you pleasure, that bring you happiness. It's not just about having less. The fact is I could go and throw away, it's like the ones like, don't own more than 100 things. Well, you know what? I, I like having more than 100 things. There's things here that I wanna have, so I don't count. There's, there's no rules when it comes to that. But I do want to make sure that everything I have is useful or everything I have, you know, I look at it and say, oh, yeah, I remember that trip. Like right now I'm looking at my, um, I have this picture on the wall I created with a frame and it's got different cutout passports um, of different pages from my old passports. And I can see my my visa from when I went to China, when I was at uh, CrossFit Guangzhou um, and when I was in China, I see my visa for Vietnam. There's my work visa, the Kingdom of Thailand. Um, then I have some different coins that I brought oh, up there. That's my first visa to India. Uh, I think Cambodia is over there, different stamps, Philippine stamps. So I keep all my different stamps. And I created a picture and I created coins. I got a coins here from Indonesia. Uh, I got some, I got a, a dollar, whatever they call it in China. I got some Thai bot up there. So you know, that's the sort of stuff. And that reminds me to keep traveling. It reminds me how much I love to travel. My goal is to build a second one of those by the end of this year. So, you know, things, and I look at my books. I'm like, every book I have is useful. I'll probably read them again. But books are something you can look at and say, you know, have I read that? Am I ever going to read that again? If not, take them to the value village. Reuse them for somebody else. Take those books away. But anyways, getting off track. Um, it's not the same as millimeter. Now, believe me. 
I lived for years out of a suitcase and I own very little. Even before I moved to Asia, I could literally fit almost my entire life inside my Jeep, okay? But now I'm in the position, like I said, where I want to showcase the things that I've collected and the things that I own and the things that I wanted. In fact, I'm going to be buying an electric guitar for me very soon. Um, but saying this, I am very particular about what I buy. And I've been thinking about buying an electric guitar for two years. And I still haven't bought it yet. But I think the time is coming up. I'm going to buy an electric guitar. But that's what I do. I just don't say, oh, boy, I want to buy an electric guitar. I just run out and buy it. It's for two years I've been thinking about buying an electric guitar. I'm not going to buy an expensive one. I'm just going to go buy like a Washburn, a couple hundred dollar electric guitar. This is not a major investment. But that's the way I think. I, you know, do I really want it? Is it going to serve a purpose, either functionally or emotionally? Um, and then, but to be honest, I also ask myself, if the time came um, to a point, could I part with a great deal of this stuff? And the fact is, I probably could. I could probably fit most of the stuff in my Jeep again. Um, and then, and sorry, another, um, there we go. And then I could get rid of the rest. So that's just the truth. I mean, there's there's, there's a bunch of stuff that, yeah, I, I do like it uh, and I want to keep it. But if the time came and I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to move back to Asia. I'm not going to get so, so, so emotionally attached to about 80% of my stuff. So kind of an oxymoron, but it is true. Um, it would be a little bit harder to leave this stuff, but at the same time, I always say, you know what? I used to think the same thing about all my other stuff. And then when I move, I'll get new things. But there's definitely things that I would definitely not give up. Like my podcast system here, that's coming with me. My computer, I'm on my desk here, that is coming with me. Uh, this picture up here is coming with me. Some of the yoga mats I bought in India, some of that stuff's coming with me. Some of my books, probably not so much. They're good books, but I could do digital copies. And honestly, you're not going to move around the country with stacks and stacks of books. So that's one of the first things I do. Um, you know, and, but this can be hard for people too, because you collect things for a number of reasons. Maybe you'll think you'll use it later. Maybe it has sentimental value, or maybe you spent good money on it. So you feel you need to keep the item, even if you literally have not touched it or used it in weeks, months, or even years. You might be holding onto that book you bought a year ago because you swear you're going to read it. Or, you know, you bought that killer pair of shoes that will come out just for the right occasion, but that right occasion just never comes. But the reality is, you probably made a mistake buying those things. And it literally hurts your brain to come to terms with that fact. Researchers at Yale identified two areas in your brain associated with pain, the anterior cingulate cortex and the insula. They light up in response to letting go of items you own and you feel a connection towards. This is the same area that lights up when you feel any physical pain, such as dropping a weight on your toe to having a sip of coffee that's too hot. Your brain perceives the loss of a valued possession the exact same way as something that causes you real pain. And the more emotionally or financially attached you are to an item, the more you want to keep it around. And, you know, here's the fact, like, people, stores even know this. Apple stores, they know basically, like, the same idea as this principle, uh, and I use it, I could even use it to sell gym memberships, okay? Uh, when I used to, I used to teach, when I go off, I teach what's called the three touch rule. When you're giving somebody a tour of the gym, have them touch something. This is why Apple, Apple puts everything out. You can hold everything because when you hold something, it becomes ownership with you. You get an emotional attachment to it. So you have to realize that. 
So again, we're not talking about minimalism, but we are talking about things that, like I said, bring you joy, bring you pleasure, or make you happy. Um, so that's number one. Let's talk about clutter. Clutter impacts your brain. Excess things in your surrounding can have a negative impact on your ability and to focus um, process information. In a study at Princeton University, neuroscientists looked at people's task performance in an organized versus disorganized environments. The results of the study showed that physical clutter in your surroundings competes for your attention, resulting in decreased performance and increased stress. In another study, UCLA researchers looked at 32 Los Angeles families and found that of all the mother's stress hormones that found that in the families, all the mother's stress hormones spiked during the time they spent dealing with their belongings. Again, we're finding that physical clutter overloads your senses, making you feel stressed and then impairs your ability to think creatively and focus. Think about this too, guys in ladies in your workplace. Okay, if your workplace is cluttered, your productivity is going to go down. Like I said, we're not just talking about digital clutter. The other day, actually on Breakfast TV, they were talking about, sorry, I mean, we're not just talking about physical clutter. The other day on Breakfast TV, they were talking about digital clutter and showing people's desktops that the overconsumption of digital stuff has the same effect on your brain as physical clutter. Computer files, desktop folders, notifications, all these things compete for your attention and that minimizes your ability to focus and perform creative tasks. So really important that if you want to focus, you want to get down to work, you want to get shit done with your life, then you have to clean up your life, literally. Organize that shit, clean it. Clutter can trigger the stress release, uh, the sorry, to the stress hormone cortisol, which can increase tension, leading to anxiety, and of course, leading to unhealthy habits. Chronic clutter, like I said, can create prolonged stress, forcing us to know a low level and constant state of sympathetic reaction or fight or fight response, leading to irritability, anxiety, as I mentioned before, and even depression. A study of Cornell University in 2016 proved that this clutter stress can also trigger negative avoidance and mitigation strategies like consuming junk foods, oversleeping, binge-watching Netflix. So, some cortisol is good. It's needed. Example, we need it in the morning to get out of bed. It helps us get moving with our day. But if we keep it elevated by having a messy home, then that can prevent our body's cortisol levels from naturally declining and keeping them elevated throughout the day. This in turn taxes our system, eventually resulting in a lower capacity to think clearly, make decisions, stay focused, and of course, all the other things that I mentioned. There is a lot of things that raised cortisol does. It diverts the blood flow of the muscles to other parts of the body. It increases your blood pressure, increases your resting heart rate, increases your blood sugars, increases fats in the blood, increases or increases, you know, it can cause organ damage, decreases immunity, endocrine and even reproductive system issues. It can cause sleep issues, of course, and can even affect your metabolism. So Having that chronically high cortisol is something that we don't want. We have so much of that nowadays. The fact is you don't need a bunch of crap lying around doing it. There's enough, there's enough things out in the world that can make your cortisol go high. You don't need to have a bunch of clutter. Now, interestingly, research from a study at a UCLA Center on Everyday Lives of Families in 2009 showed that women who perceived their homes to be cluttered tended to have unhealthy cortisol levels and patterns. However, it's interesting to note that the study, the men, did not exhibit the same results. So the men in the same homes did not get the same results in cortisol fluctuations. Now, the reason was for this 
It is thought that the men don't see the housework as their responsibility and they do not get bothered by it. So what does that mean? I mean, step up, dudes. It's your responsibility for the housework too. Don't have the wife and the girlfriend all stressed out about the housework because you think it's not yours. Um, so, But the fact is, the same guys, I'm sure, at the office, if they had a bunch of crap or if they're living on their own, that would probably bother them. But just an interesting thing here. I just thought I would t- throw that in there. So everything from our computer desktop to our car to our kitchen and counter and fridge, clutter is clutter and it affects us whether we think it or not. A study from Princeton University Neuroscience Institute monitored task performance when a person was surrounded by organized versus disorganized environments. Overall, the subjects who were in organized environments were more productive, less irritable, and less distracted in the clutter-free environment versus the people in the disorganized environments where their stress levels were increased. So, researchers have concluded that the physical clutter in our environment can overload the visual cortex, which is competing for attention in our brain and interfering with the ability to focus and process information. So, really important people, if you want to focus, you want to get stuff done, you don't want to be stressed out, you have to have a clean, free and cluttered home. Decluttering literally promotes a better sleep, better mood, better diet, better body. So now the question is, where do we begin to declutter? Where can we start to organize? Well, it's really simple. So let's talk mostly about, you know, we, well, talk, can be, this could relate to anything. So first thing I say, do you have duplicates? Do you have two coffee makers? Do you need two coffee makers? No. So anything that's duplicates, go, go, go. You don't need backups for most things. Number two, is it unneeded? Okay, maybe you have it. You only got one of it, but it's unneeded. That waffle maker When's the last time you made a fucking waffle? You probably haven't made a waffle in a long time. If you haven't made a waffle in the last six months, guys, get rid of that waffle maker. Um, it's completely unneeded. Level three is unused. So it's the same idea. Unneeded, a little bit different. Unneeded and unused. Unneeded means you literally do not need it. Let's say, a uh, better example, you have a lawnmower, you live in a condo on the fifth floor. You do not need a lawnmower. That's unneeded. Unused would be more like the coffee, um, the, the waffle maker. Um, level four is the, I will get to it, but you know you won't. I have a friend and I am going to buy her some frames this year, but I bought her some pictures. Um, oh God, probably 15 years ago now. And they're still sitting on her closet floor at her house. She, she keeps a lot of stuff. Um, but I'm not going to go in there and try to declutter her because that would just not be that would not be a good time. But you know these pictures have been on the closet floor for 15 years. They they are not going up uh, unless literally I go buy frames and then they will go up. So again, I'll talk to people. If it's something, when are you going to get to it? You know you won't. You got to be honest with yourself. Are you going to get to it? Yes or no. So then that gets us to level five sometimes. And this is where I said it can get difficult. So duplicates, easy, unneeded, needy, easy, unused. Ah, not, maybe not so easy, but oh, I see your point, Roar. I will get to it. Hey, hold on a minute. I am going to get to that. So now we're talking emotional baggage, all right? We got to declutter. Let's throw out that baggage with the old suitcase. You got the old suitcases to throw away? Let's throw out your emotional baggage with it. Um, you know, pieces like... Um, guilt. I'm keeping it out of guilt. Um, 
Uh, maybe it's something that it, something that's a piece of sadness. Maybe it's from a relationship that's over now. Could be negative emotions. Uh, could be, you know, I spent a whole bunch of money on it, so I really feel like I should keep it because it cost me a lot of money. So you just have to trust me. You throw these things away, they it goes away really fast. So like I said, kind of getting that into that level five, the emotional baggage pieces, like literally tossing out the baggage is very, very difficult. So that is my first pillar. That is organization and decluttering. Very first thing is organize the stuff, declutter it, organize it again. So there you go. ODO. I should make, uh, maybe I'll add that into the book. ODO. Organize, uh, declutter, organize back. So after this, now we've, you know, we've cut down. Let's say we've cut down on a bunch of stuff. And now we got the stuff in our house that we really like. We've got rid of all the extra crap. Level two of functional feng shui is detoxification. On a recent podcast, my, my, actually my most recent one, I think, was 20 and 20, uh, which is my 20 questions in 20 minutes for the year 2020. I was asked what I think the most underrated aspect of health that people may need to pay more attention to, and I said that was toxins in the home, both chemical and electronic. I, in fact, I've worked with, and I do work with, building biologist Jason Mazik. He's been on my podcast and my YouTube, and I work with him in my functional, uh, fun- functional feng shui home consultations and my different health programs as often as I can. So the, f- the first things, you know, that we look at pretty much are, well, I look at anyways, are the big five, you know, water, air, EMFs, topicals, and ingestibles. So that means water that you uh, drink or, you know, put on your skin air you're breathing, the EMFs, the things you're putting on your skin, and the things that you are ingesting, whether food or, and I guess I guess it would be underwater, inhaling. Um, but yeah, anything that you're putting on or in your body or surrounding your body. So I have done so many podcasts on this. Literally, um, I've had the author, Dr. Uh, Dr. Anthony G.J., his book, Estro Generation. I said at the very beginning, Dr. Leonardo Trasande, Sicker, Fat, or Poor, Toxic Home, Conscious Home with Dr. Rob Brown. Um, those are just some of the podcasts I've had. The other books that I do own in my house right now are uh, Green Enough by Leah Segetti. And I've even just recently finished The Inflammation Spectrum of Dr. Will, uh, Dr. Will Cole. And he talks about some of these toxins in the environment as well. Uh, like I also said, I've had Jason on the podcast. And I've also had Dr. Martin Paul. Now, we, I brought both of them on mostly to talk about EMFs because they're something that we cannot escape. Here's the thing. You might not think about it, but all these electrical fields and electromagnetic fields and all these different radio signals, that is something that we did not have just 200 years ago for all of evolution. So they are playing with us. And even if they are low levels, we are getting so bombarded with so many. And the signals are just getting stronger and stronger that it really is a good idea to start thinking about those. But let's just talk about something a little more um, tangible, I guess, if you want. So in the 1950s, there were 800 food additives. Now there are over 10,000. At the end of World War II, since the end of World War II, I should say, there have been 100,000 synthetic chemicals released into our environment. 
pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, machinery liquids, waste products, you know, uh, fire retardants in your clothes, things to make water fall off, um, you know, even different cleaners, antibacterials, things that we find out more and more all the time are not good for us. And basically you can categorize those, and this isn't an official categorization, but what I did just to make it easier for you guys is I categorize them into carcinogens, that is things that could potentially be, have been linked to raising your risk of cancer. Xenoestrogens, these are things that disrupt the estrogen balance. And these things can lead to things like brain uh, hormone issues, obviously, brain issues, skin issues, cardiovascular, mammary gland issues, liver issues, reproductive issues, and even issues with bone. So though, you know, disrupting sex hormones is something you don't want to do and do the research. Look at men's testosterone now versus men's testosterone 50, 60 years ago. You're going to see some major problems. That book, Estrogeneration, is about how we are just in an estrogen induced, just in, we are massively amount with fake and natural estrogens. Something that, you know, we really don't want to do. Uh, you got heavy metals. Obviously, those are your mercuries, your leads. Um, you know, you got different heavy metals that can, especially when it comes to the brain, right? There's a lot of problems with the brain and central nervous system when it comes to heavy metals. And then, of course, you have things like biome disruptors. So that's like chlorine, Lysol, artificial sweeteners. Um, there's a really interesting study. I don't have it in on me right now, but showing that homes where they had toddlers or babies and they use these harsh things like Lysol wipes and these different chemicals, the babies were actually fatter than the homes where they use natural cleaning products. So the first thing I do is we try to go as natural as we can. We start detoxing our environments. We look at our cleaning products. We look at um, what are we using for detergent? What are we putting on our skin? Are we cleaning our foods before we eat them? Are we buying, you know, if organic, yeah. If not, you're buying organic. Well, then, yeah. Are we making sure that we're brushing our apples off? Because even if you buy organic, I believe they can still put wax on those. I'm not entirely positive, but it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you know, everything you want, even or, even organics, you still got to clean those. So, you know, I've interviewed, um, eat, uh, I did a podcast with Eat Cleaner, with the founder of Eat Cleaner, where she has probably one of the best vegetable or food cleaning products there is and that was a great podcast go back and listen to that that was quite a while ago so getting rid of all those like for instance i'll just give you a clue you know I'll just give you an idea what i use i use dr bronner's 18 and one soap i use that for as a shampoo soap and shaving so that's all i have in the shower there's literally a bottle of dr bronner's that's it uh, i use this soda it's a it's a, a laundry powder that is completely natural, no perfumes or anything in it. You can get the dryer balls with the essential oils. I believe it's called Nelly's. Uh, I have that. For deodorant, I just use these. It's like a um, rock salt, just like a rock salt. You get it wet and you put it on. It's not an antiperspirant, but it's a deodorant. I use that. Um, you know, you have chlorine filters. I use a chlorine filter. What I'll do is when I have a bath, I mix in some vitamin C, which kind of destroys the chlorine. And I am looking, I don't have the proper shower head, but I'm actually, there's another one I can get where I'm going to have a chlorine filter for the shower. I use glass for storing all my food in, or even some of my Tupperwares are glass. And the ones that I take with me to travel are, you know, usually stainless steel. So those are just a few things I'm just going to throw off the top of my head. And when it comes to cleaning, you know, hydrogen peroxide, vinegar, lemon, some essential uh, essential um, 
oils. Really simple stuff. I always tell people, if you can't eat it, you probably shouldn't clean with it. So that's just the way I look at it. And there's lots of natural solutions now. It just requires you doing a little bit of work. So detoxification is number two. And of course, you know, EMFs, we start to get involved in there too. Simple things like not having your, um, you know, trying not to use your Wi-Fi all the time, keeping your phone on airplane mode when possible, not having any uh, de emitting devices, especially beside your bed when you're sleeping, keeping the um, keeping your phone far away or whatever. So lots of stuff we can do there as well. Jason has a lot of ideas. So I let him handle that department. Uh, number three is spatial intention. Here's the thing. Your home must be a haven of health, emotional support. It's there to support relationships. It's there to support recovery. It's there to make you feel safe. It, the home is where the health is made. I have talked about that before. They say home is where your heart is. Home is where the health is. So, I didn't get that. Oh. So home is where the heart is. Home is where the health is. I didn't catch that. Oh, what the fuck? Shut up. So home is where the heart is, they say. Home is where the health is, is what I say. So, you know, every space has an intention. When archaeologists and interior, archaeologists, architects and interior designers are building things, they're, they're looking at what is the intention of this building? What is, the, what is the goal of this room? Think of a movie theater. Think of a lecture hall, a classroom. Um, those have a certain you know, they have aspects that make them what they are, right? They have comfortable seats. They're dark. They use neutral colors. And we're talking about a movie theater. You know, the just the layout of the chairs of the classroom. Why is a classroom laid out the way it is? That's the layout that they use. Think of a fine dining restaurant, expensive fine dining restaurant versus fast food. What are the differences there? Why are there those differences? Look at something as simple. Look at a Starbucks versus say a Dunkin Donuts or a Tim Hortons. Why are Starbucks made the way they are? Because they're made there so you sit. It's basically like sitting in your living room, right? You're gonna sit there, you're gonna talk, you're gonna chat. That is your home away from home. Starbucks has put a lot of work. They pick their colors, they pick their textures. They've done everything they can to make a Starbucks a Starbucks versus a Tim Hortons a Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, hard plastic chairs, hard plastic tables. You sit, you drink your coffee, you leave. Maybe you chat for half an hour with somebody, that's about it. That is not a Starbucks. Think of a spa. You know, when you go into a spa, what do they have? They got the music playing. They usually have the little fountain. They have this do colors. You've never walked into a spa with fluorescent lighting. So all these places, when they're designing them, right? They're designing these spaces to serve a purpose. They're looking at lighting, the color, the scents, the textures, the furniture they're using, the sounds. So your home has to be the exact same. Now in feng shui, it's really easy. We can break it up into two things. You can have yin rooms and yang rooms, means high energy uh, or lower energy. So think of it as a masculine energy, a feminine energy, hot energy, cold energy. 
I'd like to take a quick break to discuss infrared saunas. And by now you have no doubt heard about the tons of benefits of hitting the sauna at least a few times a week. From decreasing chronic stress, boosting muscle, increasing deep tissue and brain detoxification, improving sleep, relieving pain, and even helping you live longer, that is quite the list and that's not even all of the benefits. But did you know there are huge differences in the quality of infrared saunas? And these could literally mark the difference between making you healthier and making you sicker. Well, there are. And this is why I suggest investing in only the best infrared sauna money can buy. And these are Radiant Health Saunas, a trusted Canadian home sauna brand. Founder Randy Gom, who's been on this very podcast, has completed third-party comprehensive 100-point health tests on his saunas, covering everything from toxic chemicals and fumes to electronic radiations. He's made sure there's zero off-gassing, zero toxins, equal heat distribution, and uses only pure Canadian hemlock wood with the absolute lowest near-zero amounts of EMFs possible. Clean, even heat. No toxins, nearly zero EMFs. And with the one and two person models being able to be plugged right into your typical home wall outlet, some easily small enough to fit into any studio condo apartment and only about 40 cents to run for an entire hour. Believe me, I did a lot of research in choosing the best infrared saunas for my clients, my family, and myself. And Radiant Health Saunas was the clear winner bar none and is one of the best investments you can make into your long-term health. Check them out at www.radianthealthsaunas.com. Then get on the phone with them because they don't sell them online. You got to get on the phone because you're going to have questions. They're going to want to talk to you about which model is best for you. This is not something you just go and buy and have to live. This is not Amazon, okay? So you got to get on the phone with them. But make sure you tell them that Roar Alexander from the Health by Design podcast sent you. Why? Because you will save $500 off any wooden model. You heard me right. $500 of any wooden model of their top quality infrared saunas. And now with that said, let's get back to the show. When I look at a room, I then say to myself, okay, well, what was the purpose? What's the purpose of this room? The kitchen is a yang room. This is an energy room. The purpose of a kitchen is nourishment, energy, inspire you for health so we're going to look at ways that we can make it. The kitchen needs to be bright. The kitchen needs to be clean. The kitchen needs to have, you know, just be white and bright colors and makes you think of nutrition and makes you think of energy and wellness. Now the yin, uh, that's your bedroom. So the bedroom's a yin room, right? It's the opposite. It supports relations. It supports recovery. And the point of the bedroom, what is the point of a bedroom? It's sleep. Okay, if we had to give it one word, kitchen, nourishment, bedroom, sleep, bathroom. Uh, this is one that's, I call it a yin light. The focus of the bathroom is hygiene, but it's also to a point relaxation. Now, so I always tell people that your bathroom should be sort of spa-like. So I try to make mine as spa-like as possible. Now, the bathroom is an interesting one because the bathroom to me, and while I call it yin light, is... Because the bathroom, especially even like my bathroom, it has almost multiple personalities. The morning, I use the brighter light. So my in the morning, it's quite bright because I want to get up. It gets going. Uh, but at nighttime, it's the opposite. It's more that spa environment. So 
it's a bit of a yin and yang room. At nighttime, it's like I have my uh, Epsom salt bath. I have the light on. It's cool. It's relaxed. I have usually just listen to a podcast or sometimes just some meditative music. But in the morning, it's the opposite. I usually have some music going on or I have a podcast kind of turned up a little bit louder and the room is bright. So that's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a both room. The laundry room, again, a yang room, right? Serves a very important reason. However, the laundry room can also be a highly toxic and dirty area. When honestly, most people's laundry rooms is an afterthought. It's a couple of laundry machines shoved in the basement. But there's go on Pinterest. You can make your laundry room look really nice, you know. But the average person's laundry room is dust, lint, full of chemicals, full of perfumes, and high heat, high heat chemicals. Not a good time. But the laundry room should be a yang room. It is a high energy room. Um, office space. Your office space has to be a yang room as well. And when I say yang, I don't mean I don't mean like extremely, you know, this is not offensively high energy. This isn't like stress you out energy. You don't want that. But the overall, every room is always going to have some yin and some yang. Um, but an office, you know, what's the goal of the home office? Productivity, focus, you know. And also at the same time, though, some stress management. You don't want an office that's so high energy that you get stressed. So that's where the yin comes in. But overall, if I had to give an office one word, it would be productivity. So there's ways that we can start to look at designing your office to be like that, which I'll talk about when I get to the next part, which is optimization. Um, Then, of course, you have the living room. A living room, again, now this is where you may have, this is the, depends on the size of your house, right? But on average, the living room is a yin area. It's an area you come home, you relax, you have some relaxing conversation. Saying that, there's always going to be some elements of yang in there. You don't want the living room to be a room that makes you just feel really tired. You want the living room, because if you're having conversations, you still want a living room that expresses conversation so quite often this is where i tell people this is where you should have some of your travel pieces this is where you should have some of your success pieces when people come over maybe you have though that's where the that's where a lot of the people showcase their awards right? you watch any movies right what do you have the guy the rich guy takes the person in there the famous actor takes him in and there's the sitting room you know they're talking and they always got their Oscars. They got their awards up on the shelves there. And somebody always walks over and says, oh, they read it. And, oh, you won this. He's like, yeah, you know, you've seen that in the movies and the TV shows. But that's that's what the idea of that is. Those are success reminders and pieces to start conversation. So your living room overall is a relaxation place, a place of conversation, a place of connecting. But at the same time, you don't want it to be in a room where just people literally just fall asleep. Okay. And then finally... You have your Zen zone, which is your yin area. And again, the whole point of this is for stress uh, reduction, engaging the parasympathetic system. This Think of this as like maybe your meditation corner, the corner where you sit and you play your guitar, maybe a place where you do a little bit of drawing. So this has to be a very, again, very yin space. So overall, a big chunk of your home is yin energy because this your home is where you come to recover from the outside world but there's also like i said there's going to be those yang rooms as well um, or else your your whole house you're just gonna be tired all the time so no good so that leads me into uh number four which is the optimization of the home and the spaces and this 
is a combination of you know uh, emotional things that are going to help you support you emotionally, things that are going to help support your goals, um, things that are going to allow you to, if you're trying to create a new life for yourself or new health, that are going to allow you to kind of have that life reset. This includes aspects of biohacking, technology can get involved in here, the use of colors. So, you know, the first thing I always want to do and I tell people is we want to create uh, both a passive health and default health in our homes. People only have X amount of you know, mental capacity. There's only amounts of willpower. There's only so many things you can remember to do in a day. So if we can create health to be passive and to be a default, a default action or just a habit that just becomes, you don't even think about it. That is what we want to do. So how do we do that? Well, we can look at things like in the kitchen, right? We can have healthy foods on display. We can make sure there's no junk foods in the house. You can have your fruit bowl on the table. You can have your vegetables not hidden in the crispers. You can have everything organized better. You can have some fresh growing herbs. We can have all of our spices. That's where I talked to them about using my shift principles, right? Which is spice and herbs infusion, fragrance and taste. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the use of spice and foods, but setting up that kitchen environment for success, having the right tools, having the smaller plates, the smaller cups, making sure that there's nothing there that's going to throw us off. So in other words, our kitchen becomes healthy by default. Creating passive movement. That's that non-exercise activity thermogenesis before. How do we do that? Well, for instance, I've talked about my house. My bed is only six inches off the ground. I have to get pretty low to get up and come to get off and come down. Can we have a yoga mat on the floor to do uh, to do some yoga during exercise? Is that Zen zone? You know, sitting on the floor. How can create you know having an office desk that uh, becomes a standing desk? It's going to create that passive movement. Right now, I am at my office standing desk and I'm using it. So even if you come to my gym, you'll see that I have an, an, uh, an anthro desk desk converter there that goes from sitting to standing and I go back and forth. Again, just causing this passive extra movement in my day. Creating those passive habits. You know, is there a place that you can have your gym shoes so the very next night it's there, your gym bag, your jump rope hanging up right there. Maybe your boxing gloves are right there, whatever. How can we start doing things that are going to actively allow us to start creating those habits that are just going to become literally something we don't have to think about. Air care. We want to optimize our air care. That we could use plants for that. Can we ha can we crack open the windows a little bit? Can we run that bathroom fan for a couple hours a day or the, the fan in the kitchen? Can we get the air circulating? Um, the circadian rhythm. My home, I've talked about this, I'm not going to go into it right now, but my whole home is basically set up to make sure that all year round I'm obeying the laws of circadian rhythm. I use the uh, bedtime bulb after 7 o'clock. I have blue blocking glasses. In the morning, my home is freaking bright as hell. Actually, people can just complain, it's too bright in the mornings, it's too dark at night. I'm like, well, they go outside, that's the way the sun works. So, tough, suck it up, buttercup. Let's use visual reminders and inspiration. 
is there a goal you're working towards and then hang it up? Or you, you really want to afford that Jeep Wrangler? Well, then get some pictures of Jeep Wranglers up there. I have my travel board I talked about. I have my to-do whiteboards. I have visual reminders and I have things that are going to help me to optimize and maximize my day and things that are going to remind me sometimes. Sometimes when I'm just, you know, sometimes I'll be honest. Sometimes if I, even on, maybe it's even an Instagram, I'm kind of like, ah, I feel like I have some junk food, but then you go flipping through, you know, and you're like, there's a couple ripped up you know, dudes or, you know, there's a, you know, there's a really good looking girl here. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm good now. I want to go to the gym. So especially guy, you know what I'm talking about, guys. You know, you see it. Don't, don't go lying to me. Can we, and I talk, I talk to, I, this goes with my shift principles, but I talk about the five flavors. I talk to people, you know, we have way too much in our Western culture of this sweet and salty we need to get back into the bitters you know it's not about and i don't tell people i would it comes out roy should i you drink a regular coke or diet coke you know i would say drink a regular but let why are you drinking coke in the first place we are going to talk about the five flavors and how we have to start really getting back to enjoying the bitters and the astringents and finding the sweetness and things that are just lightly sweet even in my coffee, it's just coffee with a couple creams in it. There's no sugar. And every time I order my coffee, I was like, oh, you don't want sugar? I'm like, no, no sugar in that. Uh, even my mom, she just drinks hers black. I mean, you know, she's pretty hardcore. The, the, you know, talking about the five flavors of the people and really starting to redesign and reorganize that palette that we have. Uh, and then finally, and I've already kind of mentioned this, is the decor of intention. You know, having things that decorate your home for the intention you're trying to get around. But... Even things like in, in this time of year, this is a good time of year. It's all dark here in Vancouver. It's gray. It's miserable. This is a good place to start breaking out those, uh, break, get some yellow pillows, get some get some bright reds. That's one of the reasons I tell people celebrate Chinese New Year. I have a little bit of fun thinking of buying some Chinese New Year decorations myself. I came out of the, just the spa the other day and they had all their Chinese decorations, of you know, all the reds and the golds and it just, it literally brightened up the place because the the community center i go to christmas you know they have all the christmas lights up it looks really nice and then you got that january uh just everything comes down and it's just gray and then i walked out today and it was like all red and gold and bright again i was like oh there we go it made it make me feel good actually i did a podcast last year called why you should start to celebrate chinese new year even now it's in front of me i keep a one of these uh red you know red and gold chinese cards always taped to my desk and I just keep that up all year round. It just kind of reminds me. Um, it, it, it just makes me feel good and I really like it. So quite often I give these to clients as well. I like to give them little presents and I use these uh, red cards, you know. That's it. That is my functional feng shui in a nutshell. It is literally just about making your home set up so you're going to be healthier and set up to help you reach your goals. Whether those are weight loss, whether those are health, whether those are, um, like I said, just general prosperity and success in, in all areas. Your home cannot be more important. Same thing, guys, with your cars. Okay, Have a clean car. Have an organized car. Have an organized office. Get that standing desk. If today you are still telling me, if you're telling me I'm overweight, I work at a desk, and, and then I say to you, well, do you know that there are standing desks? And you say to me, yeah, I do. Then I say, why don't you have one? Like, why don't you have one? Studies after studies, it's been showing us that, you know, people with standing desks are more active. 
And I guess it's just because people don't really believe in the non-exercise extreme thermogenesis and just how important it really is. But those little extra things, those little extra few calories, those 50 calories here, those 100 calories there, they add up, okay? They do. They add up 100 calories extra a day burned is 3,000 calories. That's one pound of fat equivalent in calories per month almost. So keep that in mind. Again, of course, you can always, you know, if you're interested in doing any coaching with me or you want to get, you know, you say, wow, this sounds really interesting and I really do want to reset my life when it comes to my fitness, when it comes to my health, and even when it comes to my career, just what passion, purpose, and just the things that I want to do with my life. I want to live stronger, longer, and most importantly, I want to live freaking better. Then make sure you go to my website at www.roaralexander.com. Uh, you can go right there. I believe there's actually if you go to roaralexander.com slash free call, I'm pretty sure it's free call. You can actually get on a call with me. We can set up a 20 minute call and see if my program would work for you. Of course, you can always go check out, you know, the uh, the new blogs that I put on there. Uh, the links for my YouTube and everything are on there. Pretty much you go to my website and it's got links to almost everything. If you go to my Instagram too, which I believe is just that, at roaralexander, you will also see up in the top I have, I don't know what that app is called, um, that allows you to basically, I think it's called Linktree. Yeah, it's a Linktree. And then if you tap on it, there's a drop down of my website, the YouTube, yeah, right there, the, the podcast on Spotify, the podcast on iTunes, the Thrive Academy, my LinkedIn, everything's on there. So go to that too. But like I said, www.roralexander.com. I, of course, always available for private coaching. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I really hope you do start thinking and putting a lot more thought into the environment you're in, particularly if, you know, your just life is not going the way you want it to. Um, I didn't even talk about the people in your life because obviously the people in your life are going to they're in your environment there are people are in your environment and they can really let you down or bring you up too but that's a topic for another conversation one day so anyways hope you guys really enjoyed this and if you did please share it and uh, let me know what you think and until next time of course i'm here as always to help you live stronger longer and better this has been the Health by Design podcast with Canada's leading healthy living expert and wellness architect, Roar Alexander. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to Health by Design through your favorite podcast provider. And then don't forget to join me at www.roaralexander.com to stay up to date with my latest blogs, speaking events, and exclusive interviews with guests from all around the world. While you're there, be sure to check out my coaching options to help you on your own personal health journey, set up your free call, and together, let's see how I can help you starting today. And until next time, remember... I'm here to help you live stronger, longer, and as always, better.